Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I always tell parents that if your baby is unable to pick up the food, then it's not baby led. So really for those early eaters, we want to have those foods being long and easy for babies to be able to pick up. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby-led weaning. Well, hello and welcome back. I am really excited to welcome back one of my favorite guests to have on the podcast. She is a colleague and a very dear friend, Dawn Winkleman. She's a speech-language pathologist, and she's here today to talk about the size of the foods that we make for baby-led weaning. Why do early eaters need big pieces of food? Because it's a little counterintuitive. Sometimes you think like, oh, I'm going to cut the food up really small and that's safe for babies to eat. That's actually the opposite of true. Dawn's going to explain why we go with the bigger pieces early on, why the small pieces are dangerous, and then when it's okay to move to the smaller pieces as your baby progresses with self-feeding. And this is an important episode to listen to, I think, because Dawn has such an incredible knack for making what sometimes can seem like a complicated subject into a very, very actionable bite size, no pun intended, piece of information. And when you're starting baby led weaning, you might get it, but you might have trouble explaining to other people why you're doing the big foods. And grandma, this is why we do not want to serve pea size shapes of food or to your partner, your husband, like, listen, here's how you cut the parsnip or whatever the new food that you're trying is. So with no further ado, I want to welcome Dawn. I also just wanted to mention she's a feeding therapist she is a speech language pathologist. She's on social at Miss Dawn SLP. And Dawn is also the baby led weaning expert, the feeding expert for the company Easy Peasy. So many of you know and use their products. They make the original silicone suction mats for baby led weaning, but they also make utensils and cups. Dawn designed all of their baby led weaning spoons, the tiny spoon, their toddler utensils, the mini utensils. She designed their open cup and she all their products that she develops, they're developmentally appropriate. So she's got a really wide array and a wide background, good expertise across the spectrum of helping to keep your baby safe. And the food size is all about safety. So with no further ado, let's welcome Don Winkleman talking about baby led weaning food size and why do early eaters need bigger pieces of food? So great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Today, we're going to be talking about what the shape and the size of baby led weaning food should look like and why. But before we dive in there, 
Could you just tell us a little bit about yourself professionally, your background, and how did you come to specialize in baby led weaning? Hi, everyone. I'm Dawn Winkleman. I'm a pediatric feeding specialist and speech language pathologist. And I have over 25 years of experience teaching parents, therapists, and caregivers how to feed babies safely. I have a private practice called Miss Donna SLP, and I provide in-home feeding therapy and online coaching for parents starting a baby-led weaning approach to solids. I'm also the inventor of several baby-led weaning products, including the award-winning Tiny Cup and Tiny Spoon for infants, as well as a mini cup and straw training system, which are available for purchase at big box stores, but also at easypeasyfun.com. And be sure to use Katie's code Katie10 for 10% off all of our products. Oh, thanks, Don. I have to talk about your products all the time on the podcast and in social media. And thank you so much for just really making Easy Peasy a company that only offers developmentally appropriate feeding gear because it's amazing how many companies don't. Yes, thank you. All right, when it comes to the shape and size of baby led weaning foods, a lot of times parents, like I know myself when I was new to baby led weaning, I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like, I feel like if I cut the pieces up really small, it'll be safer. And you're gonna explain in a second why that's not. But we actually want to cut the larger pieces of food and that's safer for early ear eaters. So could you explain the benefits of offering that larger stick and spear-shaped foods early on in baby led weaning? Yeah, it's really important that the shape of the food is geared towards establishing feeding skills. So basically a stick shape of food can easily fit onto your baby's gum line and then they should be able to hold that piece of food and munch chew successfully on that because it is a narrower piece of food and long piece of food that can actually go onto that ridge of the gum line, which is so important. So then a munch chew is when a baby can actually chew that food without having to have teeth. So as long as that food is long stick shape and that can easily go onto the gum line, then they can safely chew that food without any teeth. Now, remember the stick or spear is the length and Width of your pinky finger. I see your adult pinky finger, not the baby's right, pinky adult finger. pinky finger. I always see on social media that it's the right length of an adult pinky finger, but it's not the thickness. So they, there's these huge, thick pieces that actually will go onto the baby's gum line and onto their tongue too. And actually, that's going to increase the risk of gagging, increase the risk of choking because the baby can't move their tongue effectively in order to be able to learn how to chew and protect their airway. So it's really important to make sure that the piece of food or the stick of food is the length and thickness of an adult pinky finger. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit BetterHelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. 
And I know we all have different finger sizes, but like you guys get the gist, right? It's not little tiny pieces. And Don, could you explain a little bit about the picking up the longer pieces of food? How does the longer piece earlier on in baby led weaning at six or seven months, how does that match with the baby's developmental abilities? Yeah, I always tell parents that if your baby is unable to pick up the food, then it's not baby led. So really for those early eaters, we want to have those foods being long and easy for babies to be able to pick up. Um, We have to cut up foods appropriately for early eaters. For example, if babies are six to nine months of age, they haven't developed their pincer grip yet, which is basically the thumb and the index finger and using those tips. And most babies don't even develop that skill until 10 months of age. So we have to serve these foods in strips or spears so that babies can grasp them with their whole hand, be able to hold onto them, put it onto the gum line and safely and independently eat those foods. New parents and caregivers, a lot of times they're inclined, and I know I felt this myself, like I just want to cut the foods up really small because that feels safer. But then when you learn about the mechanics of baby led weaning and how it's supposed to happen, it's actually not safer. So could you explain why we do not serve small pieces of food to early eaters? Yeah, so we don't want to introduce small size foods to babies until actually we've provided them with simple starter foods like avocado, banana, sweet potato that are in strips. And after they've had a variety of tastes and textures and temperatures, and then we can start to advance the way that we cut those foods to make it smaller and smaller to actually meet those skills, those feeding skills, those oromotor skills, those sensory skills, and those abilities. The way that we cut foods have to match a baby's abilities to be able to eat safely. That's what this whole baby-led weaning experience is, is following baby's lead and allowing them to be able to use their developmental skills to meet the feeding requirements that they need to have. And especially because these things are also happening simultaneously as we're increasing from one meal a day to two meals a day to three meals a day, they're getting more and more practice and they need to be able to have a lot of opportunities with longer spear-shaped foods first before we start cutting them into smaller bits and really having them focus so much on how to be able to get those small pieces of food into their mouth. Now, what about the parents that always say, you know, we co-teach a number of programs together and inevitably, like I can predict what some of the questions are going to be. And my baby picks up the sticker, the spear of the food, Dawn and Katie, and then they break it off or they mash it off and it's no longer a sticker, a spear. What do I do? Should I like rip it out of their hands? What do we do if the baby breaks the stick or the spear down to a smaller size on their own? I tell parents not to worry because as their baby is bringing that spear to their mouth, they are getting so much sensory input from their fingers and their wrists and their hands and their arm. And babies prepared from a sensory standpoint for that food to actually be matched into their mouth. So if it breaks apart in their mouth, it's okay because they are the one actually doing it as compared to us putting a piece of food into baby's mouth. Baby has no sensory or motor awareness of that food. And so that can be really dangerous. So since it was in whole form, baby was able to grasp it and be able to prepare their brain for that sensory and motor messages for a safe swallow. And as compared to babies being provided with a small piece of food that they can't pick up and they can't grasp and they can't put into their mouth easily. And then that baby is not able to prepare a nice safe swallow. Now, if baby is independently feeding themselves that strip of food or in a chunk falls out of their mouth, then parents can easily take that piece of food and squish it onto the tiny spoon. There's sensory bumps here on the spoon bowl and they can squish that um, chunk of food 
and then provide that and reintroduce that food onto the tiny spoon as a preloaded spoon. So now baby can easily put that food into their mouth. If it breaks apart, it's okay. They have that sensory input. If parents also take those pieces of food, put it onto the spoon and preload the spoon, that's a safe way to be able to reintroduce that as well. And guys, if you have babies that are overstuffers, the ones that put too much food in their mouth, I want to send you to an episode that Don and I did together, an interview called Overstuffing. What if my baby takes big bites with Don Winkleman? And that's episode number 54, because she's got some good tips for you if your baby's putting too many of these foods in their mouth at one time. Don, tell us when is it safe to start offering smaller sized pieces of foods to baby? So it's safer when a baby is older. So what we really want to do is we want to be able to provide baby with that really good foundation at first of having, you know, those strips of foods and being able to offer those in different textures. So maybe we're offering those strips of foods and we're dipping some into a puree, or we're also taking those strips of foods and we're also feeding baby from a cup. So we're being able to provide open cup drinking, using a spoon, using strips of food. We're basically starting this whole basis and foundation of different textures and different ways that babies can use their hands in order to be able to self-feed. So using their hand to pick up that spoon, using their hand to pick up that food, using their hand to pick up that cup, and then we can move on to smaller pieces of food because now at the six-month mark, seven-month mark, eight-month mark, going into that nine-month mark, babies had all of this practice. They are being able to advance their motor skills so that they can actually move on to smaller pieces of food and be more prepared for them for a safe swallow as well. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. So we've got it down that we do the larger size stick or spears about the size of an adult pinky finger early on in baby led weaning. And then once you've moved down the road and your baby's developmentally capable of picking up and eating the smaller size pieces and you feel comfortable doing it, go ahead and move to that. But Dawn, so many of our parents get stuck on those simple starter foods. I know you and I, in both of our lines of business and the programs we teach together, we see parents who like get out of the gate real good with baby led weaning, right? They're doing avocado and banana and sweet potato. And then we check back weeks and months later and they're still stuck on those foods. So we're gonna be co-teaching a workshop together to help these parents who are stuck. I was wondering if maybe you could share what it's about since our audience is probably tired of hearing from me and they'd love to hear it from you. The workshop that Katie's talking about is a free workshop called What Do I Feed My Baby After Avocado, Banana and Sweet Potato? This is a high energy event packed with tons of feeding tips on what to feed your baby and how to feed your baby in order to have feeding success, in order to build your confidence, in order to help your baby achieve their feeding and swallowing milestones. And this is a perfect topic of, you know, baby led winning food size, because that is what we really hone in on. We're really talking about what the food size is, what the food is, what the food size is, and how to be able to really help your baby from a nutrition standpoint, which is Katie's point of view, as well as a swallowing standpoint, which is my point of view, and really feel like you are mastering this amazing 
skill that your baby's going to be able to do three times a day for the rest of their life. Dawn, this is one of my favorite workshops to teach with you because I guess it is super high energy. I think no one would argue that you and I are not excited about feeding babies, but it's so great to be able to help parents get unstuck and pass those simple starter foods so you can start pushing your baby's palate with some of those trickier textures. And for those of you guys who want to sign up for this workshop, again, it's called What Do I Feed My Baby After Avocado, Banana, and Sweet Potato? If you head to babyledweaningworkshop.com, that's where you go to sign up. And everybody on this free workshop gets a copy of one of our most requested infant feeding guides. It's the sample eating and drinking schedules for six, nine, and 12 months of age. So not only will you know what to feed your baby, but we're going to talk about how often and how much to feed them. And you're getting that info from the leading speech language pathologist and the leading registered dietitian in the field of baby led weaning. So it's like a win, 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 win situation. And Don and I hope you will join us. Again, the URL is babyledweaningworkshop.com. All right, Don, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm super excited to do this workshop with you. I appreciate all of your insight on how to make food safe because that's our focus, right? It's always on safety for the families, for babies when they're starting baby led weaning. Absolutely. Safety is key to be able to find enjoyment. And families are always saying that mealtime is a battle, right? And so I love that you and I have that same approach of let's make it safe. And as long as it's safe, it's going to be developmentally appropriate. As long as it's developmentally appropriate, it's going to have an, a joyful mealtime. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Miss Dawn SLP. She's a feeding therapist baby led weaning expert. I love the way she describes how we cut the foods, right? We've got to be aware and cognizant of our baby's gum line and where the food's lying in relation to their tongue. And then also, you know, their physiological capabilities. You can't even pick up a small piece of food early on in baby led weaning if you don't have your pincer grasp. So thank you so much again, Dawn. And as I mentioned at the top of the episode, we are good friends in real life. She's one of my favorite people to work with and hang out with. And I'm so excited because we're going to be doing that series of live baby-led weaning workshops coming up really soon. The enrollment is open for our workshop, which is called What Do I Feed My Baby After Avocado, Banana, and Sweet Potato? That's at babyledweaningworkshop.com. Everyone on that workshop gets that most requested infant feeding guide that we co-wrote together called Sample Eating and Drinking Schedules for 6, 9, and 12 Months. Come and check out the workshop. It's free, high energy, lots of great info for helping you move past those simple starter foods because we don't want to see your baby sticking around with the simple starter foods as they need to be progressing towards more complex foods. Don and I are going to help you get unstuck if you're stuck on the starter foods or if you just want to learn how to get your baby past those first few kind of crucial weeks of baby led weaning. Hope to see you there, babyledweaningworkshop.com. Bye now. At a time when change is constant and we are pulled in far too many directions, we need a way to stay present to life and to increase our ability to remain calm, think clearly, and maintain our well-being. Many studies indicate mindfulness improves our mental, emotional, and physical health. On a Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee, you can learn how to practice mindfulness and enjoy its many benefits. Tune in for guided meditations and to hear tips and advice from some of the most respected experts in the fields of mental health and mindfulness. The world truly can be a better place. It all starts with a mindful moment.